And this morning, we're going to be wrapping up our series called Believe. And I, I want to encourage you today. I want to just challenge you today. Once again, you know, the truths that we've talked about from the Scripture, they have to be lived out in our lives. And so we got to continue to grow in our faith. We got to keep on believing. Believe. You know what? When we believe, it just opens up all kinds of possibilities because Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. I and mean, we're serving a God who can do absolutely anything. And in Mark 9, 23, he says, all things are possible to him who believes. You see, a God who can do anything and believing people, anything can happen. God can do anything when we truly believe him. You know, there's such life-changing power power to change your life personally, power to change your family, power to change our world. I really believe that God can do anything if people are believing Him. See, He, he waits for somebody to believe. A lot of times people say, well, why doesn't God do something about this need? It's amazing how that carnal people will set themselves up as God's judge and want to judge the Lord. Well, why doesn't he, you know, if God is a good God, if he's a loving God, how come this and how come that? Let me tell you, God waits for somebody to pray and believe. This is how the sovereign God of the universe has chosen to work. And I want to tell you that he is always just and right. He is right, perfect, the Bible says, in all his ways. And this is the way he works is that when we pray and believe, God moves. When we pray and we really believe, God moves. We need to know that. We need to understand how powerful this is. See, He, he doesn't move because somebody wonders why He doesn't. That doesn't get God to move. And... Contrary to what carnal man thinks, he doesn't move because there's a need. There's only one God, and if you think that way, well, let me just tell you this straight up, you're not Him. He moves when people believe. We need to be a believing people. We need to be expecting God to do miracles. We need to be always, every day of our life, we're living a life of faith. We walk by faith. That means we live by faith. This is the life that we live. We're not just living in the natural. We're not serving some God who's afar off and, you know, we're just trying to eke it out until He finally returns. No, we live by faith every day, believing that His power moves and works in our lives and in our world. You know, it's not always easy to believe. Some find it really hard to believe because 
their hearts have become hard. Hebrews 3.12 says that their hearts have been hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And I will tell you, there's this one simple answer, not easy necessarily, but simple. They have to repent and believe. This was the message that Jesus came on the scene preaching. Repent and believe the good news. And I want to tell you, it may not be easy, but this is what those people have to do. They have to come to the place where they change their mind and choose to believe. Hard-hearted? Oh, they can. They can decide to change their mind, to repent, and choose to believe. And that's what it takes. You know, sometimes we find it difficult to believe because, well, maybe we have that attitude, I'll believe it when I see it. It's, this is what the world says, you know. I believe it when I see it. It's the same attitude that Thomas had. You know, the other disciples had seen the risen Lord. And they told Thomas, and he says, I won't believe it until I can touch the scars in his hand and put my hand to the, his side where, in, my, in his side where he was wounded. And Jesus appears again. And he tells Thomas, he says, reach here, touch me here. Thomas believes. But Jesus gives us a powerful truth there. He says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Are you one of those? <laughs> I haven't seen, but I believe. You know what? I, I believe that's about our risen Lord, but I also think it's about a lot of the things that we believe. We haven't seen, but we believe. Some have a hard time believing because they, they want the answers to everything. They, they want to be able to reason it all out. You know, they, they got to understand it all with their mind. And, and the reasoning of man keeps them from really just being able to trust God with childlike faith to truly believe. I mean, they think they're so smart. They're too smart to trust God. And I'm just telling you that, uh, listen, we don't check our brains at the door when we go to church. But our faith is not in ourselves, in our own intelligence, in our own wisdom, or the wisdom of man. It doesn't matter how much man learns, how much knowledge man acquires, it won't ever meet the needs and take care of what we need. It's only our God. we got to trust Him. And that reasoning of man, it keeps some from turning to the Lord in simple faith. Some find it difficult to believe because, well, things don't go the way that they thought they would and they become disillusioned. But the only answer, for whatever reason, is that we choose to believe. you got to choose to trust Him. Again, it is not a feeling. It is something that we choose to do. So many people base their spiritual life on their feelings. And feelings are up and down and in and out. you got to choose to believe. I choose to believe no matter how I feel. I believe His Word no matter what it looks like and what I feel like. His Word is always true. And I choose to believe that. And His Word is so powerful. See, we're not, we're not just choosing to believe fantasy or fairy tales, we choose to believe the Word of God. 
See, we're not just believing foolishness. No, we believe the Word of God. And when we do that, it has such power to work in our lives. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says that the Word of God works effectively in you who believe. We hear a word from God or we read it and we just simply believe it and it has power to work in our life. You know, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary, this young woman who had never been with a man, and the angel of the Lord tells her that the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you, and you are going to conceive, and you are going to give birth to one who will be called the Son of the Most High. That's wild. I mean, we all know the story, so it's like, yeah, we know, yeah, we know. Can you imagine what it was like for a young woman, a young teenage girl, to be told she's going to have a child who's going to be called the Son of the Most High? Wow! And you know what her response was? Let it be to me according to your word. She could have said, that's crazy. What are you talking about? She says, let it be to me according to your word. You know what? Whenever we read the word, we hear the word, or God speaks to us personally, that's what our response ought to be. We ought to just agree with what he says. Let it be to me according to your word. You know, we talked about believe or saying what you believe, and you see, it's saying the same thing. That confession, it's saying the same thing is, and that's what Mary did. She said, let it be to me according to your word. Just simply believe, and the word of God has power to change our lives. So, you know, sometimes we believe, but the big issue becomes, can we keep on believing? It's easy to believe for a little while. I mean, it's easy to believe in church, I hope, right? I mean, you're in the presence of God. You're with God's people. You're hearing the word of the Lord. It's just not that hard to believe, I hope. But then Monday morning comes and you think, well, mm, back to reality. I want to tell you the truth. When you were in the presence of God, when you were hearing the word of the Lord, when you were there with God's people, that's when you were thinking right. Y'all are way too quiet. I'm just telling you, see, you get out there on Monday morning, and you're like, oh, yeah, well, back to reality. You know, I was all excited yesterday, but now back to reality. No, when we're in the presence of God and hearing the word of the Lord, and we're with God's people, that was when you were thinking right. Now you're out there in the battle. Now is the time to keep on believing. you got to keep on. You see, it's can you keep on believing. And Jesus talks about this issue in the parable of the seed of the Word of God. In Luke 8, 13, He says, The ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the Word with joy. And these have no root who believe for a little while, and in the time of temptation or testing, they fall away. How is it that there are so many in our culture right now that used to serve the Lord? I mean, do y'all run into these people like I do? People that 
I used to go to church. Yeah, I used to, used to, used to. How does this happen? How does it happen? It's just epidemic over and over and over. Well, you see, they believe they're a new creation in Christ. They believe. But then, you know, the new kind of wears off and they, they're struggling to live for God and maybe they fall into some temptation and, and there's this time of testing that Jesus was talking about and the doubts come and they start you know, thinking, well, maybe that was just an emotional experience that I had. It wasn't anything real. Maybe, maybe it works for others, but it's, it didn't work for me. Maybe it was just never real, and they start missing church, and then they miss a little more, and then there comes the day where they just no longer really believe. I mean, maybe they believe that there's still a God, but they don't believe the promises, the truths of Scripture. They no longer are believing God in their life. They've gone back to just a regular old life, even though maybe on some level they profess to believe in God. How sad. you got to decide to believe, and you have to decide to keep on believing when the testing comes. And I'm talking to you this morning, because if you don't take heed to this, some of you will be one of those. It is so quiet in this Presbyterian church. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I don't mean to pick on the Presbyterians, all right? I'm just saying they're nice and quiet. We're not. Jesus says they have no root, and in the time of testing, they fall away. You've got to have roots. If you're going to keep on believing, you've got to have some roots. You can't be a shallow Christian. I mean, it takes a deep commitment to keep on believing through the time of testing. See, we got to stay in the Word. We got to stay in prayer. And we got to keep on through that time of testing. You know, we shouldn't be surprised when there's a trying of our faith. I don't know why, but it just seems like, you know, us good little Christians here in America, we expect everything to just always be roses. And when we go through hard times, you know, we're like, hey, this ain't right. What, what is going on here? You need to know that there will be, not maybe, there will be times of testing. 1 Peter 4.12 tells us this, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. You see, we shouldn't be surprised. It's like some strange thing. No, we need to realize that during those times of testing, the Bible says, in fact, let's just go ahead and go there. It's James 1, 2 through 4. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. <laughs> what kind of person counts it joy when they're going through a time of testing? The person who knows, knowing that the trying of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete not lacking anything. See, you're going to come out on the other side. The test, the trying of your faith. You, you need to understand when, when the Bible talks about a trying of your faith, it, it's talking about a proving. It's talking about a purifying of your faith. It's not to destroy you. You're going to come out on the other side, stronger, more mature, not lacking anything. This is why there's a, a, a big 
issue in the body of Christ where people don't ever mature and grow up spiritually because they don't go through those times of testing of their faith with this attitude, hey, I'm growing, I'm getting stronger, I'm going to come out on the other side. You know, Job went through the most horrible test. Just all at once, he lost everything. And it's such a tragic story. But Job said this in Job 23.10, he says, When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. And he did. Job came out victorious, and the Lord blessed him with twice what he had before. And, you know, when you read that story, it just, it's so horrible, and it just seems to go on and on and on. But we need to put it in the perspective of this, that after that, after that all happened, and God restored Job and restored what he had lost, Job lived 140 years and saw his children's children to the fourth generation. He came forth as gold. I'm just telling you. You see, you need to look past the test, the trial, and know that you're going to come out on the other side in victory. You know, the time of testing, it comes in all kinds of ways. Too many to talk about. But sometimes it's that things take a turn for the worse. I mean, you're believing for a better job and you lose the job that you have. You know, you're praying for your child to serve God and they get involved with the wrong people and start doing something really bad. You're praying about your marriage and then your, your spouse shows up one day and says they want a divorce. You're believing for a good report health report, and instead you get a bad report. It's a testing. And you see, it's during those times, it's difficult, but we got to decide that we're going to believe. We don't allow fear to just grip our heart. We don't give in. But instead, we believe. When it seems impossible, all things are possible to him who believes. You know, sometimes the testing is when it seems like our prayers are being denied. I mean, you know, have you ever prayed in silence? Okay. I heard three of you. Listen, y'all aren't watching TV. Just saying. It's okay if you say, yeah, me. Have you ever prayed and just heard silence? Maybe it's just me and Carmen and somebody else, but... You pray and it's just, I mean, the Lord, it's like the Lord's giving you the silent treatment. Matthew 15, 22 through 28. Behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him. She cried out to him. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. I think the story just hits me because I have kids. Some of you parents, can you imagine what it was like for this woman? 
She comes to the Lord for mercy because of her little girl. If you cried out to God for your child, then you know something about what this was about, what this was like. But he answered her not a word. Silence. Here's the thing. Silence didn't stop her. She kept on believing. So many people, when they get the silence, they just quit. They just give up. She didn't stop. She kept on believing. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. She just wouldn't stop. She just cried after them. You got to keep on. You got to keep on believing. Verse 24 But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, if you've read the Gospels, you know that there were others who were not Hebrews that Jesus had healed. There were others who were not Jews that he had answered their request. How is it? Why is it? Would this be the first one that came to him and he just turned them away? (laughs) It seemed unfair. Why not? Why not my child? She was not of the house of Israel. She wasn't one of the chosen ones. She wasn't one of the lucky ones. But she believed anyway. She kept on believing. Some give up because they think that it's only for certain ones. Some give up. You know, maybe it's for somebody else, but not for me. She believed anyway. She kept on believing. I believe that Jesus was helping her overcome her doubts. I believe that Jesus was raising the bar to bring her her faith to a place of great faith. You see, we need to remember who this is. This Jesus, see, as you go through this story, some of it just boggles the mind, the things that he says to this woman, and, and you can almost think that it's just cruel. But remember, this is our loving Savior. He loves us, and he loved this woman. And we may not understand why God does what he does and the way he works, but I want to tell you, he knows what he's doing a whole lot better than we do. But here's what our place is, is that like this woman, we learn to keep on believing. She kept believing. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. She didn't give up. She worshipped worshipped him and asked again. She worshipped him. What... Why did they write this? What did that look like? I just want you to understand. I want you to see this is most likely what that looked like and how this happened. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. 
she worshipped him and she said, Lord, help me. You see, some just get upset. They get angry with the Lord that, you know, God, you did for this and that for that one. But she worshiped. She just kept pressing on. She kept on believing. She didn't get angry. She didn't get bitter like some do when their prayers are denied. She kept on believing. She just, listen, this is what we need to do. We just need to keep worshiping and just keep praying. Don't be denied. Well, the story gets worse. If you know the story, you know it does. Verse 26, he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to little dogs. It seems so cruel and unfair. Her faith is being tried. First Peter tells us that when our faith is tried, it's purified. It's like gold refined in the fire. It comes out as genuine faith. And she has to come to a place of humility to truly believe. I want you to understand this principle about believing. You see... Our faith and our trust, our believing is in God and God alone. It is in His goodness. It is in all and who He is. It is not in ourselves. You see, I think a lot of times believers really struggle with this issue because we think that somehow I've been good or, you know, I'm not as bad as other people. I've been good. And we think, you know, like somehow on some level that God should do this for me because, you know, I've been good. I deserve this on some level. No. No. He doesn't owe us anything. We owe Him everything. And we don't come to Him on the basis of what we've done, thinking somehow I deserve. And Jesus brought this woman to a place of true humility where in faith she could receive her miracle. He doesn't answer our prayers because we deserve it. No. In fact, when we feel undeserving, I want you to know that doesn't stop your prayers from being answered, but pride will. As the Bible tells us in James 4, 6, God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. What is grace? Grace is undeserved favor and blessing. Who does God give this favor and blessing to, this undeserved? To those who are humble. There can't be any pride You see, the real issue here is that people end up trusting in themselves instead of truly trusting God. Pride trusts in itself, who I am, what I've done. But when we truly humble ourselves, we are totally trusting God. And that's what this woman did. She abandoned her pride completely and humbled herself. She just kept on believing and... She said, yes, Lord, 
Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. She didn't get angry. She didn't say it's not fair. Instead, she humbled herself and get this, she agreed with him. She said, yes, Lord. But even the little dogs get the crumbs. She would not stop. She just kept believing. Amazing. Oh, there's such a word for us here because it's hard sometimes to keep believing. But we can. And then Jesus, verse 28, answered her and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So there are times when it seems like the most likely are the ones that receive a miracle because it's not about how good we are or what we deserve. It is about our faith and trust in God. Sometimes the testing, it's just not at all like we thought it would be. Sometimes we go through the fire. We don't want to, right? No, we pray. We pray we won't have to go through this. Sometimes we go through the fire. It's Daniel chapter 3 and King Nebuchadnezzar sets up this idol and this golden image and says when the music plays, everybody's going to bow down and worship the golden idol that I've set up. But then there's these three, and I'm, I'm giving you the fast version this morning, all right? But these three Hebrew young men would not bow. And he gives them another chance, and they said, no, our God is able to deliver us, but if not, we still won't bow. And he has them thrown into the fire. The fire was so hot that it killed the men that threw them in. But then King Nebuchadnezzar looks in, in Daniel 3, 25, he says, Look, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And he brings them out, and they were unhurt. Even the hair on their head was not singed. He's with us in the fire. We don't want to go, but sometimes we do. You see, back in 2009 when my wife was first diagnosed with cancer, you know, and through the years we had so many miracles and breakthroughs and answers to prayer, but there were also bad reports and struggles and Difficulties, and finally in 2018, we finally decided that she had to do chemo. She didn't want to go through that fire. We prayed not to go through that fire. But she went through it, and the Lord was with her. She prayed. We prayed. We, we stood on the Word and you know, we, we prayed and we said, you know what? Your hair doesn't have to fall out. And look at these three Hebrew boys. Not a hair on their head was singed. 
She was bald as she could be. Every single hair fell out. The Lord was with her. Get up! Did did y'all see that pretty hair? I like that a lot. Did you know her hair at 63 years old, it's the longest it's ever been in her whole entire life? God can bring you through. You may not like it. You may hate what you're going through, but God can bring you through to victory. And there is a maturing. There is a completeness that comes in your life as a believer when you go through those things. So no, you may not like it. You may, you may have thought this isn't the way it's going to be. He still brings you through. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your, I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. He's with you. He's with you. He said He'd never leave us nor forsake us. Joshua and Caleb, I know you know the story, and we've talked about how that these two, they were two of the twelve that were sent in to the promised land to check it out. And when they came back, Joshua and Caleb had a faith report, they said, we are well able and we should go in and possess the land. They knew that the promise that God had made them was good, that He was giving them the land. The other ten, though, had an evil report and talked about the giants of the land and the fortified cities and how there's no way we could ever go in. And here's what happened. All of the rest of the people believed the ten. And here's what I want to say to you. Sometimes when you believe God, it's going to be lonely. Sometimes when you believe God, even your brothers and sisters may not stand with you, but believe God anyway. I just want you to understand this. This is part of the test sometimes. you got to believe, no matter what others do. And Joshua and Caleb... For 40 years, they watched that generation pass away as a new generation that grew up seeing God work in their lives, was raised up and ready to go in and possess the land. But for 40 years, they watched that other generation pass away. For 40 years... Sometimes the test is way longer than what you think it's going to be. Forty years they went around in circles in the wilderness. For 40 years these guys believed. They just kept on believing until that day that they finally went in and they drove out their enemies in victory. They still believed and they saw the promise that God had given hundreds of years before. They saw it fulfilled because they kept on believing.
You see, we got to keep on believing, no matter how long it takes. We all know about David, how he defeated Goliath, this great warrior, great warrior king who defeated the enemies of the Lord's people. I mean, he just had so many great victories. But sometimes we don't talk about this, but David also had many dark days. There were times when he ran for his life and hid in a cave. And there were times when he had such tragedies in his life and he made big mistakes and he, some of his children were lost. In Psalm 27 and 13, David wrote this, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's the same for us. You see, there's many difficult times in life. There are dark days. We go through the valley of the shadow of death, but He's with us. He's with us. And we need to believe that there are good days ahead, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There's going to be battles and struggles, and sometimes they go on for months, but keep on believing. Don't give up. Keep on believing that you see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, there is joy and peace in believing. You see, when we believe, when we truly believe, we can have joy and peace all the time. We may not understand and it may be hard, but we can have joy and peace because we believe. When we stop believing, there's nothing less left but sadness and worry and no hope. Keep on believing. Keep on believing. How do we do that? You keep on in the Word of the Lord. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's how we began to believe is by the Word of the Lord. And it is the Word of God that will help strengthen your faith. Keep your faith strong so that you won't give up. Keep on praying. Ask and keep on asking. Jesus taught that we should never give up, but always pray. You just keep praying. You just keep praying. You don't say, well, I prayed, you know, it didn't work. No, you keep praying. You keep praying. You keep believing. How do you keep on believing? Keep going to church. See... The religious culture of the day says that you don't need to go to church, but that is not at all what the Scripture says. That is a perversion and a twist from the Word of God. It is not right. Here's just a few. Let me give you these from Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. In the NIV it says it this way, See to it, brothers that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I talked about this early in the message. There are a lot of people, their hearts just become hard. How do you avoid this? We see to it, brothers. 
We encourage one, or, one another daily. This is how it's supposed to be in the body of Christ. You're not supposed to do this alone. No, we have brothers and sisters. We need the body of Christ. We need church. In Hebrews 10.25, it says, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Keep going to church. Keep on believing. Keep on speaking faith. I believe and therefore I speak. That's what the Scripture says. Remember James chapter 3 says that our tongue is like the rudder on a ship. It determines the direction and the course of your life. So you just keep speaking what you believe. Say what you believe and believe what you say. Don't look at the circumstances and just call it like it is. We live by faith. And so you say what you believe. Last, keep on looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So often in the storms of life, we get our eyes on the wind and the waves. No, we got to stay focused on Jesus. Don't look at the circumstances. Don't focus on the circumstances. We're not denying reality, but we're focusing on the author and the finisher of our faith. Keep on believing. I just got to share this with you. This just speaks to me so powerfully. It's 1 Peter 1, 6. It says, in this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though you do not see Him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Keep on believing. Stand with me. We're going to pray.